Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Coming up next is The Fit and the Fab. Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel. iHealth Radio with your host, Hurricane H. New day, new show. Interesting awesome topic something i've wanted to discuss for a while and now i have someone that is a specialist in this particular area of uh, practice and um kind of unorthodox uh, or I, I, we'll decide we'll decide at the, the end of the show but but for all of you out there listening watching um this is a topic about making families and it's going to sound weird when i say it this way but it's going to be an interesting topic for anyone that is trying to have babies and build families together and uh, sometimes it's difficult the topic of fertility or infertility is a very uh common and we hear it all the time it's frustrating uh and most people have different ways to go about it and to hopefully see if they can get something done about it but uh some some things traditional conventional stuff doesn't work and therefore there are other ways and with me today I have a, a special guest and so i have with me dr uh beck Cohen. Cohen. That's it. I got it right. <laughs> and, and and she is um a doctor in acupuncture, you know, acupuncture, uh, herbalism, you know, different things and Eastern medicine. And again, doctor, you're gonna tell me more about that, right? So so you're gonna define all that. So I don't wanna miss give the information about your practice because I, I, I think it's awesome, it's different. And again, you and I, we had a brief discussion. So I asked, you know, uh, do you have any back background on traditional OBGYN and stuff? And that's not the case. And again, we're going to talk about that, the difference and why that works. And, and sometimes it doesn't and, and the difference and how her impact. Now, the other part about today's show is we're going to talk about is uh, her ebook, as well as her um, new courses and things like that to help people worldwide uh, to achieve the gift of having a family. So, so without any further ado, doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you, Hurricane. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor being able to be available for you and to come on your show. So I'm I'm lucky that the space opened up so that we could connect. The, the honor is mine. It's a privilege. And uh, I am humbled. And you know, like I said, frankly, it's a topic we haven't covered before. And, and, and really, I was excited when I saw that, like, yes, let's do this. And um, we are doing it. And again, um, just just to start, first of all, I mean, fertility or infertility is is real. It happens. And uh, the question is, why and what are some of the things that may be, uh, I guess, contributing? So we'll talk about all that. But just before we do that, can you, doctor, just give us a little bit of uh, a breakdown, at least some background on your expertise? Because I think we want to clarify that type of, of approach that you have. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I actually am an acupuncturist and an herbalist on the east side of Los Angeles. And my office there is called Mighty River Wellness. And I have extra training. There's not a lot of acupuncturists and herbalists that get extra training 
Um, on the doctoral level, there's only 5% of um, fertility acupuncturists that do so. And so I actually have another fellowship. I'm um, a fellow on the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine as well, which is another distinction and extra training. And I help committed women uh, conceive and start the families they only dreamed of. So that has been what I've been campaigning for for about eight years now. Well, that, that's awesome. And I have to say, the feeling that you probably get from the results <laughs> have been, you know, uh, I guess achieved, it's just going to be phenomenal. It's amazing to know that you're helping people. And yes, they did attain and conceive, and now they have families. And I know that some didn't just have one, they went, they went to second and be even more. So so that's just an, an awesome just satisfaction from the work you do. And I think that's the other part. Whatever you do in life, if you can see results that are really I guess, tangible and, you know, uh, life changing concepts. I mean, it's just something that you have to be proud of. So again, kudos for, for the work you do and, and, uh, and thank you for what you do. And I think after the day, hopefully we'll, we'll reach more people out there that may be struggling. And I've actually met people who had difficulty conceiving and uh, took years actually to actually uh, get eventually, and especially with age and everything, things can, you know, take more time and become more difficult. But again, I'm going to ask you questions and, and, and you will shed the light more about all that process. But, but so the first thing though, you mentioned acupuncture and herbalist. So these two things typically for me, and I think most of the people will probably think pain management, joints, uh, you know, some other stuff, but not fertility. We'll think about, you know, herbalist, maybe like nutrition and just healthier diets and stuff, but we never, at least I would not put that together in the world of, of, you know, I guess conceiving and fertility. So, so, Let's talk about that. I mean, yeah, it, it's not a common, I guess, practice. And you said, yeah. it. I mean, you have very unique, specialized stuff that most do not get to that degree of, of expertise. And you took this particular route or angle. Uh, so the first question is why? Why specifically that? I mean, you could do anything with, with the expertise, but why, why that? I'm sure there's yeah, a story. <laughs> there is. There's a little origin story here. I'll just I'll just dive right into it. So I was in the film business for 25 years. I was in the camera department. And um, when I was in the camera department, um, I was suffering from very, very painful periods so much so that I couldn't go to work. And the only um, intervention that the Western model had at the time was to go on the birth control pill. And I started realizing that there must have been another way that that can't be the only way that um, we can manage painful periods and women's reproductive health. So I got injured at work. And then I found an acupuncturist who at the oh. same time helped me with my broken bones, but then also helped me with my painful periods. So it was so um, transformative for me that I decided that I wanted to help more women learn and, and be educated around their reproductive health and their reproductive rights. Um, and so I went back to school and got my master's degree in um, traditional Chinese medicine, TCM, and then went on to get further training so that I can help as many women as possible learn about their rights and their choices in terms of their health care. So that's my first framework. <laughs> um, as I got into it more, I started really, really loving the uh, TCC, the trying to conceive space even more and more um, and feeling that victory um, when I can have such an impactful um I guess impact on somebody's life. So that's that's uh where I am now. 
making babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that's awesome. And, and, you know, like, again, I mean, I, I just had to ask the question because I, I, I did read that, you know, on the bio, but, but certainly, I mean, it's pretty interesting the fact that you kind of almost stumble into into it felt least. like fell, fell and broke a lot of bones <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. and, and one thing you know it's amazing how things happen for the right reasons and you never right. know what that is i mean everything happens for a good reason so i'm a firm believer of that and and so so thank you for that now now let's break down a little bit the concept of just general fertility and conceiving and some of the issues that actually drive it and then we can dive into the the difference between I guess, modern medicine, Western versus Eastern or tra traditional Chinese medicine? Um, yeah. So you had mentioned before that, um, you know, you'd never heard of fertility acupuncture or, or acupuncture and herbs being used as fertility. And um, I'll be at in TCM, we have this very, very, it's steeped in tradition for gynecology and reproductive health. Um, from for centuries, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was as as a result in the past a couple of decades, we've really, really um, gotten a lot of RCTs, randomized cl clinical trials around the efficacy of herbs and acupuncture um, and how they can really, really improve conception. So that has been a very, very powerful shift um, in our medicine. And I've been at the, I've had the honor of being at the forefront of that for a couple of years now. So there's that piece that has been really, really great. And then there's also this really, really, um, it's kind of sad, but globally infertility is, um, a public health issue, right? So, and this is for a couple of reasons. Um, people are, um, conceiving later in life. So culturally it has really, really changed. And then our exposure, our environmental, our exposure to, uh, external environmental factors has really, really impaired our conception, um, over the past couple of years. So we've really, really seen a steady increase in fertility challenges among couples. Does that thank answer? You. It, well, it does. <laughs> well, we, we'll, we'll dive more. But so, so first of all, yeah. thank you for breaking that down. And, you know, I mean, honestly, I can tell you, I mean, just from history, I know that before Western medicine, traditional medicine was the key, was was how yeah. you went about, you know, going and definitely herbs and stuff have been used, you know, for centuries, you know, and that's what, old medicine did look like and uh, it changed but now i mean there's all these new approaches and i guess one of the things this in vitro or ivf kind of concept you know that's that's the more common that we hear about and people tend to go to fertility clinics and try to do that but but you know again combining it and like thinking about it from an acupuncture and herbal herbalist kind of concept that was not something that i would have connected as is mentioned but but you mentioned a couple of factors one is i guess people are conceiving later on as opposed to early on, I mean, we know historically people got, you know, I guess married younger and uh, they had kids younger and now people are literally not ready to get married until they're in thirties and maybe some mid forties or late thirties. And that's, that, that may be, again, cultural depends where you are. And then you, you talked about the environment, which I think that's the other thing. I mean, everything we eat today, everything around us from the air, the water, the food, it's contaminated somehow. Right. And so, uh, what's, if you don't mind, doctor, can you just maybe expand on what some of those effects, you know, that, in, and how does that process affect the, the, uh, I guess the reproductive system? Yeah. So, um, just like one thing that I highlight in my training as well for this is, is, um, for example, phthalates, right? So phthalates is, uh, what's called an endocrine disruptor. So they'll, there are chemicals that we're exposed to 
even in our household chemicals um, or chemical cleaning products that can um, that can lower um, test uh, sperm count and um, also can disrupt the endoc- the endocrine system and um, the estrogen levels in our bodies. So um, those can really, really slow down reproductive function considerably. So for example, a phthalate is something that is in a laundry detergent and you're wearing those clothes all day, right? So um, a phthalate is something that can lower um, sperm counts and sperm health overall. So that can really, really impede. Male factor is a huge deal too. It comprises 35% of all infertility challenges. So we really want to consider that, right? (laughs) I was going to ask about that, but so, 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 so it's amazing. You said that about detergent. I mean, everybody's using one, (laughs) you know, so that that's, that's almost like, you know, we all are affected by this and male or female, but I'm assuming the male piece is 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 a big component, and and this is like you said, thirty five percent, and and that's that's an issue. I mean, everybody's listening right now, like, oh my god, I can't, I have to find a better <laughs> detergent yeah. or whatever. You know, I mean, so that's an easy fix, though, right? Like that can be easily swapped out. Well, again, you got to find the right things, and again, yeah. not knowing about phthalates, you may not yeah. be looking for that. You got to know what the cause is to be able to do it, unless you yeah, know about sure. it. I mean, we all were probably thinking about something else, but not that. I mean. We don't even know. Most people would not even know what that is uh, unless they're exposed to it, or at least told that hair, this is the chemical ingredient or whatever it is that's going to affect your system and therefore you can't have it. Uh, now, is it only in detergent or can it be found in other things? Uh, it's it's a, a lot of the main endocrine disruptors in the home are cleaning products, right? So chances are, if you have something that has a scent in it, there's more mm-hmm. than likely um, some some degree of chemical that is creating that scent that is also, um, there's something called an, a xenoestrogen and a xenoestrogen will park on an estrogen receptor site on the cell and it'll just sit there and not do anything. It's not very productive. So then the cell is not getting the estrogen to potentiate that action on a cellular level. And so as a result, it's sending feedback back to the brain that there there is no estrogen, right? So then the brain sends down more estrogen. And so there's more circulating estrogen in the bloodstream. This is a little bit more granular than our talk today, but um, we don't want any chemical exposure that can disrupt reproductive health, basically, um, because we want the hormones to be as balanced as possible when we're going into trying to conceive so that we can um, enjoy a strong conception. Well, thank you. I mean, and I, and I appreciate going a little bit on the detail, but but really, I mean, that's scary to hear it because yeah. it almost sounds like everything sure. around us has an effect uh, and an impact. I mean, I don't think there's anything in our household is that doesn't have a scent, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and no, we use true. chemicals left and right. And, and that's just at home. I mean, you go to work, it uses the similar stuff. It's around you. I mean, now, I mean, after post pandemic, I mean, there's a lot of cleaning supplies and things to kind of almost disinfect everything, but we don't know what's in there and you never know. Cause you're not like, you're asking like, what's that, what type of ingredients you've used in this place? So the exposure is just a higher level. And again, I, I guess that varies from country to country and whatever they use. But at the end of the day, I think it's pretty common worldwide these days that these are the things that you find in any supermarket or any place where you buy your, or like live surfaces, you know, when you shop for household stuff. So that, that's pretty scary. Now, now, now are there any, um, uh, pre-genetic concepts that can affect these things. I'm assuming there's got to be some level of genetic uh, input in terms of whether the conceiving happens or not and whether there are, I guess, 
uh, limitations. Yeah, if there are genetic, so um, there are, there definitely are, and we're seeing more and more of them. Um, this is one of the powers of IVF, which you mentioned previously, is that if you do go through an IVF cycle, one of the powers of going through that is that you can um, do pregenetics uh, screening. So you can have, once you have a viable embryo, you can send it to um, a lab that can test for pregenetic um, issues that may arise so that before you do a transfer, which is a second kind of component of IVF, um, you're able to know with um, a little bit more ease and peace of mind that you are putting in a genetically viable embryo. So it's a little different than natural conception. Um, and we can see that uh, this kind of links to your last question in regards to toxic external environmental factors and toxic exposure, um, poor nutrition and poor health overall and exposure to chemicals can switch on and off certain factors, genetic factors that can um, lead to not, not the best pregnancy, not the healthiest pregnancy um, or no pregnancy at all. Thank you. So, so I know you, you, you referred to about 35% is, is like the male factor now, yeah. now that, that leaves a bigger chunk, you know, on, on the, yeah. I guess the female, you know, uh, option. So what, what are some of those, uh, besides maybe the effect of, of out, outside elements, such as the chemicals and things, what could be some of the factors that can make someone not fertile or not able to conceive? Yeah, so um, you can have pathologies, you can have things like uh, subclinical Hashimoto's, um, other things in the endocrine system that are not balanced can really, really lead to that. Um, being um, Having polycystic ovarian syndrome is a very, very common reason that people don't conceive. Again, just goes back to hormonal health and hormonal balance, right? So this is um, more linked um, to insulin resistance, uh, blood sugar and metabolism, um, again, eating irregularly or having a, a massively stressful job, right? And we know that um, stress is what we call the baby killer, right? Because <laughs> like, it gets to you somehow, right? <laughs> yeah, completely. I mean, I'm laughing about it just because we're having so much fun, but um, stress can can really, really um, hinder your your chances of conception as well. Does that make sense? Oh, I I, I would certainly agree to stress that being just a bad factor across the board. I mean, I think it inhibits everything, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, and yeah. the psyche, if I, you know, the psychology, you know, psychology and, and anything that in, in, I guess affects it one way or the other stress, you know, depression, anxiety, I think all those things, you know, tie in and stress is like the worst of all, because if you're stressed, you can't, you have no mood, you can't do anything. And I guess it has, I mean, I'm talking to a doc here and and I'm sure yeah, there's more to this than there's, you know, the elements you say, but I mean, it goes beyond that. And I think a lot of problems medically that we have, some of them also driven by how your, I guess, environment is. And I'm talking about just how the impact of stress can be on you. And I think we are all subjected to stress these days. It doesn't matter whether it's the news that we watch, whether it's the, 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 you know, things that we hear about or things we go through or work, as you said, you know, you can, most of us, probably are doing jobs that are not happy about and therefore we are just going and then it's just the pressure you got to pay the bills and so on and so forth and therefore you put extra stress that can just you know, impact you one way and again we don't even calculate that risk until we hear about this like 
oh my God, this can affect me not even having babies. And I think, I think people watching right now, especially, you know, uh, women that are working and they're listening to this, I think both men and women doesn't matter. I think stress is going to affect both, but just the concept that it can happen and it will happen and it will have an impact. It's, it's, it's amazing. And that, everything we do today is highly impactful in terms of stress. I think, I mean, I don't think of many people that don't have the ability to just work with no elements of stress. It's just, I mean, the few, I guess, and the lucky ones. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so stress now, now, um, uh, anything else in terms of the, uh, just the reproductive system itself, you know, like, you know, just the, the anatomy, the makeup and, or maybe defects that can be like, not, like born kind of concepts. Yeah. So, um, I, I, there's, there's two things that usually that, that can occur. So the one thing is just to go back to male factor, just for a hot second Please. is, um, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot more of, um, change, uh, pathologies among sperm health. So it's really, really interesting to kind of put a nod here just for you and myself's conversation. Um, so according to the world health organization, the world health organization has lowered the bar on semen sperm health overall globally in the past couple of years. Right. And so that means to us is that just because the semen analysis looks fine based on this current present day criteria, it would be considered a person would be deemed infertile a couple of decades ago. So that's a big deal, right? If you think about it. So men are, when you do have a semen analysis, think about this in terms of somebody just going in and saying, okay, cool. The labs are fine. I'm fine. That's okay. Right. So like, I, I Listen, I would do it too. I, I'm a horrible health, like for my own health, I don't follow directions and I don't <laughs> listen very much. So I would totally and completely be the same way, right? If a doctor says that your labs are fine, then you're just going to keep eating Fritos. Really, seriously, right? So we have to kind of start working on that education piece mm. foundationally with people and and start really talking about that's not creating your best genetic representation when you are trying at the trying to conceive table. So that's the first piece. The second piece that that are uh, just uh, some basic lab workups that you should start considering is just getting a day three fertility panel with your doctor as soon as possible, right? So that just gives you a really, really accurate dashboard of where you stand. And I, I think that it's just a really, really foundational piece. And the third piece is to just kind of look through the reproductive tract structurally with your OBGYN and make sure that it's all clear. There's a really, really specific test you can do called an HSG. And that just shows you if there are any of the block, if there's a blockage or anything in the fallopian tube. And you kind of want to lead with that, right? Like if I was going through like, okay, I'm about to try to conceive in two to three months and I want to do some prep to really, really put my best genes forward. Those are some elements that I would kind of start considering right off the bat so that that when you are ready to actually conceive that you have some rule out power behind that. Thank you. So, so a couple of things. I mean, this topic is very uh, special because it, it can cause harm in terms of the family piece, right? Yeah, <laughs> Many yeah. people tend to, if they don't have kids, whatever, they can wind up in divorce. It can be more you know, problematic that way. And so, so, but, I think society-wise, we have other factors. Maybe I'm not sure if they have, you know, an actual importance, but 
alcohol, drugs, smoking, is there any relationship, you know, is there any effect of those into your fertility or, or, or lack of? Uh, and again, just because oh, yeah. I know a lot of people are probably just consuming alcohol as a free thing. It's party time, right? I mean, <laughs> weekends and, you know, every day <laughs> uh, we had the joke earlier, right, about the drinks. But <laughs> so it's pretty common, but people do go out and, and just, you know, especially at the young age, I mean, college days pretty fun you know and everybody goes nuts about that and you know all the all, all the stuff that you're not supposed to have you have and now we have you know i mean you got drugs you got all kind of stuff drugs i mean i'm not talking the, there's the real the, the medicinal drugs there's the non-drugs and there's like just the cannabis or whatever but whatever it is you know what are some of those that we really have to be careful about uh at least someone is listening or at least they expecting to have a family what they should avoid at this point uh at early on if they can i mean certainly it doesn't matter what time it is and in what in, in your life you could be in the 30s the 40s or even early 20s and um if you are aware, you might be able to plant properly and maybe avoid certain things uh, and not wait to the end, to the last minute, and then try to figure out a solution, which could be you know, sometimes too late. And I think a lot of us, we wait to the last minute and like, oops, oh, I did all this, now what? And and then that's when you scramble and it may not work out. Now, here you go. You have a relationship, you know, trying to have a family. It's not working. It causes problems. And now you don't have a family, you know? So, and then also the just the idea of having kids, not everybody, I guess, people listening, watching, not everybody wants kids maybe, but I think the majority of us do have that family oriented mind and, you know, you want to have kids and it, you have to do it somehow. And again, uh, the factors that we have in, in our traditions now definitely are just bad for us health wise. And we know it for different health, you know, hearts and other things, brain, whatever, but fertility, what's the relationship there? What's the damage? Um, so I, I guess, so I guess I'll start with, so men and women, um, are obvi obviously different people, but, um, so I guess in terms of alcohol, like, like chemical exposure and vices, I guess is the, the main take home here to consider. And, um, for women, it, it will negatively affect your fertility, um, early, early on. So avoid alcohol as much as you can, if you are going to drink alcohol, one to two servings a week is the most um conserve is that too many too many okay no no no, no. <laughs> you know i mean i think that's too probably people are like are you kidding me i mean i you know <laughs> i do that in a survey i mean I, <laughs> that's a problem <laughs> well so in later life we do know that there's a there's very very hard data that one over one to two servings a week for a woman over a certain age will lead to um, a propensity for estrogenic um, driving cancers. So that in and of itself should be something that encourages you to stop drinking as soon as possible. Um, and then obviously we talked about chemical exposure, obviously, you know, smoking. Yes, that is very, very damaging for your reproductive health. I would stop that as soon as you can. Um, but, you know, in, in general, we really, really want you to stay like with a very, very comprehensively healthy framework. So we really want, and, and also use your, start empowering yourself to really start tracking your cycle as a female. So this means not to use a phone app, but to use something like a basal body temperature chart, which is in my, my guide that I gave to your listeners. Um, and this is really, really powerful because it's almost like a fifth vital sign. So if you are trying to, con if you're interested in not conceiving now, but you're going to conceive in 
five years, six years, seven years, you really, really want to be able to head off any issues that could potentially uh, turn up later in life and affect your conception, right? So um, we really want you to be able to detect pathology early on and take care of it early on. So that would be my main vice, um, or advice. And then for, for men and sperm health, it's basically the same thing. There is no direct correlation to um, drinking and sperm health. There is a direct correlation between marijuana and smoking and sperm health. So we really, really want you to avoid those at all costs. Well, thank you, Doc. So, so I, I really, I love what you said that. I mean, it's, it's clear and we have to, <laughs> to, to be careful, but here's the problem. There's a lack of education, I guess, uh, at early on. I mean, we don't hear about this on common media. We don't hear about it in schools. I don't, I mean, they do teach about maybe uh, sex and things like that in school early on, but, but I don't think they talk about the importance of your fertility and how to do it and your productive system and how you can maintain things. Nobody's saying, Hey, you know, you're going to college, be careful because this can affect your life later on. And so, so unfortunately there's not enough, I guess, awareness that is out there uh, for the younger folks to, to, to learn about these things until they get into a relationship or marriage or whatever in the future and then now they're like oh what the hell's going on then you get the clashes because now everybody's blaming everybody <laughs> that's the other thing most people would not go and discover who's the actual source of the issue uh sometimes it's just like you know well it's your fault it's my fault and then that's that's that ends it but but i think the education piece is important so doctor in your opinion what are some of the things that you know we should tell people uh early on or even as they get into a relationship I mean, you know and and they do want to conceive to to really do i mean let's be honest no i don't think people just like wake up i'm gonna go check to see if i'm fertile or not and let's see i mean they, they you know they they try and it's not working like what the hell it's not happening i'm not getting we're not getting kids what's up and maybe that's when they start the, the question becomes relevant but nobody's like you know let's make sure you know we do this before we get together <laughs> it's not yeah. like a test you do before right so, so what are some, what's some, some of the advice that you, I guess, uh, can give to people in terms of those things and just create awareness. And, and for our listeners today, uh, listen, if you're early on and you are just, you know, sparking with, with, with life and happiness and party time, you know, let's just be careful because, you know, if you do think about the future, it's a good plan, you know, to, to start now. I mean, whatever that time may be for you. Oh my gosh, I have so many things to say right now. I don't even know where to start. Um, we have time. <laughs> <laughs> Just go for it. That was it a out. really good question. Um, yeah. So a couple of things. The first thing is, is that I want to just go back to something that I mentioned in regards to phone apps, right? So a recent study revealed that phone apps and the algorithm that they use for your fertile window and to check when your ovulation time is, were only accurate 21% of the time. So with that information, I would recommend really starting to listen to your body and to track a different way so that you have, um, you know, a digital report card or some sort of report card of what your hormone health looks like early, early on. Right. And so again, this is again, going back to detecting pathology early on so that you can make adjustments and, and preserve your fertility. So there's that kind of notion. Um, and then also I would say, um, start looking beyond the confines of your conventional medicine framework around your reproductive health. This makes me really, really excited and light up in, inside because um, there is not just, we. I hear it all the time in my, in my office with couples that are trying to conceive. And it sounds like this narrative, which I think is really, really broken and defective. 
So they put a 14-year-old or a 15-year-old on the pill because they have painful periods, they have massive amounts of acne and mood swings or um, other things that instead of instead of trying to get to the root cause of the issue, they're masking the, masking the problem. So then that woman goes out through the world and doesn't even think once about her hormone health or her reproductive health or her fertility, to your point, right? So then they get a massively stressful job. They're a working professional. Culturally, they're supposed to really, really succeed in their sector before they start to get married and settle down and have children. Um, I mean, this is a Western framework. but um, And then all of a sudden, they decide to go off the pill. What's the big deal? They'll just go off the pill and get pregnant, right? And they have no idea about ovulation. They have no idea how to balance their hormones. And their OBGYN or their medical provider is potentially just saying, well, that's no big deal if you can't conceive. You just have a lot of sex, right? And if you don't conceive in the next couple of months, we'll just put you on some Clomid, right? And so then that person is on Clomid and using that medical intervention for that, right? And then if they're not conceiving, then it's they go back to the OBGYN and say, well, what's the big deal? You'll just go to IVF. So all of a sudden we are leading people down a pathway that they didn't really stop to, to try to get other information, right? And, and look beyond the confines of conventional medicine into the periphery of, of alternative health care. I think that that would go for a lot of different problems, not just fertility. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I'm. So, oh, yeah, it's for, I, think I it's, only think of fertility. No, no, no. But, but they have very like blinders on. Sorry. No, no, not at all. I, I think it's a very powerful point. But but the idea, I mean, people watching, listening right now, I mean, just remember something. You know, we're talking about fertility here and your productive health and all the stuff. But that same concept applies to everything else in your health. And if you're not aware and you're not actually getting the right information or seeking alternative, you know, uh, solutions when conventional doesn't work, that can still be a problem. Right. So, so again, it's all about education and awareness and just enlightenment. I mean, you, we have to do more research. We have to know what we owe. And I, I love what, how you broke it down. I mean, you, you got to go through life. You got to be successful before. I mean, now it's, it's just the economies of scales are, you know, different. The world is different. You know, back in the days, you get married at a younger age. It doesn't matter. You make it together. You sacrifice your work and you build. Now, if you're not stable and everybody is where they need to be financially and everybody's like pulling, you know, it's again, I got to have my thing. You got to have yours. And now you can, but that's years later. And like to your point, stress has happened. Everything else happened. You're talking about the pill. You know, that's again, that that affects hormones. And so therefore you already kind of broke down your cycles and it's like your, your machine is going on one way and all of a sudden you stop and now you're expecting it's like you know withdrawal <laughs> and yeah. your body is going to have to have yeah. to deal with that and it might be too late at that point and that takes me to one question what is an optimum age male or female to actually really be at the best peak of potential and and providing everything else is good they don't have the right the, the too much stress they are actually watching about everything around they did what they eat they're not into any drugs or medicinal stuff what would be that ideal ideal time frame? So, so at least people watching now, like, hey, I, I think I'm in the right time. It's time for me to make sure I get a family. <laughs> That's a great question. I think that um, one of the distinctions culturally that we need to start kind of teasing out a little bit is that um, there's your reproductive health and then there's your actual age. And so this is why I talked about just trying to get yourself a dashboard as soon as possible so that you know what your reproductive 
ages. So it's really, really interesting to me that um, as a woman, you're born with all of the follicles slash egg cells that that you will use throughout your lifetime. That is very, very powerful if you start to think about it, right? Mm. So when our cycle happens, we have one follicle that, that is developed and then that gets fertilized or it doesn't get fertilized. But behind that follicle, there are a couple of other follicles that are getting recruited at the same time. And those just die every time. So every time you're not just... You're not just losing one egg cell, you're losing several egg cells behind it. So, um, and then also this is really interesting because um, your egg cells are exposed to environmental factors that we spoke of previously, right? So it's Mm -hmm. just like when I first started studying this medicine, I was like, I really, really honestly felt like my reproductive tract was just in a black box. Like what? No big deal. It's like, <laughs> but it really, exposed. really wrong. <laughs> Go back to school. So um, it really, really is exposed to lymph and the circulatory system and everything. So you're getting that exposure. So over time, this is why we explain that your egg quality can degrade over time. Um, and now obviously like we, we spoke about like being in your twenties and not really thinking about your reproductive health. If you start getting, um, on a track to just be generally healthy, um, healthier, right. Obviously Mm -hmm. your reproductive health is going to be better later on in life. Right. So, but we all don't live in a bubble. So that is, that is, is maybe not realistic for everyone. Sure. Well, so thank you. So the the age is going to happen it's a factor there's nothing we can do about (laughs) unfortunately you know i mean unless we're not here but so as long as we live we're going to age and so so there is a time frame to your point where it gets harder and harder and harder and you know if we don't do the right thing and again we hear this all the time like you know people get married later and then now they try and uh and you the typical answer that they get is like, it's going to be very difficult. Your pregnancy, if it happens, is going to be more difficult. You have to be careful. Otherwise you will lose, you know, uh, your, your baby. So it becomes a very difficult thing. And and so understanding these dynamics from early on is, is the key here. There's no, you know, uh, uh, I guess there's no way around it, period. And now, and then, then you mentioned something about if you do the right things to stay healthier or have a healthier lifestyle, it's, it's, a, that's going to definitely increase your chances of having the potential of conceiving, you know, children and having family and having happy life. <laughs> not, again, I'm not, by the way, we're not, we're not defining that, that equates, you know, happy. I mean, in a word world, yes, but doesn't mean necessarily that's the case. So we're, we got to park that one to the side, <laughs> at least, at least temporary, it will make you happy. Whoever is watching, listening, I think that's important. So, but you know, having children and having families sometimes People can probably like, well, what do you know about that? I mean, I, I know a few things. I mean, I've been around the block and I have, you know, I have three kids. And so I've been, you know, I, I know how it works. But so, but, but uh, you mentioned healthier. And so that leads yeah. us to healthy practices. Um, I think earlier you mentioned something about nutrition and we're going to talk about the herbal piece and, and the Eastern medicine shortly, but I just wanted to cover this piece. Now, now healthier means potentially working out, gym, exercise, good food, avoiding some of the bad food and things like that. Is that I mean, nutrition is a big piece of it. Wellness and, and fitness, I, I think, is the next piece, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a, we talk about this in my class, the um, Positive Pregnancy Project, too, um, where there's different components of your life to not just have um, 
not just have a conception, but to have a safe and healthy pregnancy, and then also to have a really, really optimized life for your child in the home, right? So again, we talked about exposure to toxic chemicals in the house. So we really, really want you guys to li start limiting your exposure to those toxic chemicals and use more organic chemicals when possible. Um, also, eating um, food choices, um, generally speaking, this is more of a generalization, but using um, a Mediterranean diet framework, we know that that will increase your reproductive health considerably. Um, and then supporting exercise at the right phase of your cycle can be really, really powerful. And we outlined that in the Positive Pregnancy Project as well. Um, one thing that we also talk about, because obviously I'm an Eastern medicine provider, is we talk about living in balance, right? So that connection between heaven and earth is really, really important to the people that I treat. And um, this kind of shows us that we need to stop living such a um, modernized, industrialized, crazy, hurried life. I think that our schedules are completely overpacked right now. And so kind of really starting to learn about checking in with yourself and figuring out what is the most important priority for you to do um, at, at that any given day. So that is a big, huge um, paradigm shift that I try to instill in my patients at the brick and mortar and then also at the um, Positive Pregnancy Project. So thank you. So now let's get into the the, the, the deep dive of the practice and and, and your method. Yeah, which is again positive pregnancy. So, how does your your overall system work you know, for our audiences? And then we'll talk about how they can participate in it. Yeah. So, um, again, I kind of spoke lightly about this, but I really, really believe in integrating precision and functional medicine with the Eastern philosophies, and that is outlined in uh, my online program, which I've battle tested at my brick and mortar for over eight years now. So, what I was finding is that. Um, anyone can just make a baby, but I really, really like to have the distinction and enjoy the distinction of making a family. So the accelerators um, that you learn in the Positive Pregnancy Project are very, very comprehensive, and they address uh, 10 aspects of your life that I feel like we need to in involve an Eastern philosophy and also a, a very, very uh, like a life hacking concept um, so that we can support your fertility and watch you conceive and have a healthy pregnancy. But then also, again, I said this before, is just I'm really, really into optimizing your family life once you do have that family. So at my office, we call it baby boot camp. <laughs> where, like, <laughs> well, so, I, I love it. I mean, it is it is a comprehensive. It's really from yeah. the inception to conception to actually delivery to beyond, which means it's a it's a full package, which is not just hey, listen, let's have babies and you know, bye bye, see you, you know, in your yeah. regular checkups. This is yeah. a this is a more you know of a, a 360 concept of everything that you need to really not only conceive but also have a, a better life and enjoy that family that you've worked so hard to get. Yeah, and I'm on a mission to um. I guess I would say my my biggest passion and my biggest mission is to create education and empowerment for women so that they know that they have choice around how they live their lives and how they can approach their health so that they can conceive. And um, this is really, really, I, I think it's really, really interesting to learn about food choices that can be really, really customized for you. And 
learning how to create a better mindset and mental health around your fertility. It's a really, really sensitive subject. It's very, very scary to think all of a sudden you've decided to have a baby and then you can't, right? Mm -hmm. Like that. So I try to really, really make an effort to support people so that they can move from fear to fertile. Because I think that once you have the data, once you have the information in front of you, you're able to make an educated non-dramatic decision <laughs> about what you need to do next. So I always try to tell people, even if they're going to their OBGYN, I know it's a lame thing to say, but like, know before you go, have your questions ready, figure out what your outline looks like. What are your steps going to be so that you really have a fertility strategy? So that is this, I mean, someone can be in your program and, and still kind of manage through a regular OBGYN system and just kind of work in, in tandem or in parallel at the same time. I mean, I, I don't see yeah. a conflict. I think the more the merrier, it's <laughs> just going to help them better. Cause I, I know some skeptics, they say, well, you know, like how oh, I, I like my OBGYN and also for oh, our, our regular traditional, for our Western medicine, we, we, we don't alienate them. I mean, they have, you know, they do a good job. Uh, and again, these are alternative options that can give people more chances. So we just wanted to, I wanted to make that point clear because, because I love your system and I love what you said about the balance, because to your point, uh, we live a very difficult, you know, I guess stages of our lives these days. The, there's the pace that we go is just completely off. And I mean, it varies from country to country, at least in, in the US, we have no life. I'm sorry to say it, but we <laughs> tend to just work, work, work. And, you know, and uh, we're just constantly running. I mean, Listen, you go to Europe, they do have a better lifestyle. I'm sorry, but that's a fact. I mean, they do enjoy their life. They have their siesta time. They have their vacation time lined up. I mean, they do have just a different, even the diet is different. And you talked about Mediterranean diet. That's that's actually pretty much Europe is is touching on the Mediterranean and all that, that section of the world. They do have a different lifestyle. So we have to be aware. Now, of course, I think the whole world has shifted and it's all running faster than ever. But it is important to understand that that balance needs to be there. We need to have, uh, again, it's healthy choices to your point. It's a, a lifestyle, you know, uh, I guess, um, implementation. And and we don't know much about how to do that because you have a job, they dictate, you have to do, if not, you're going to get, you know, out of the job, then you got to get more stress because now you don't have a job. And then you're just going to keep in that vicious circle and, and then just not going to help you. So so I think that was a great point, doctor, to, to share with our audiences. Now, someone wants to join your program i mean I, i'm assuming both parties have to be involved in this process or can it be just one versus the other or and how long does that process take yeah um i actually did want to i you, you said something very very you said a ton of genius things but you said one specific genius thing that i wanted to outline <laughs> is that um you know, I just recently read a really amazing article on um, it, a, a research study that was done with people that seeked out, sought out whole systems medicine, like traditional Chinese medicine, along with their fertility treatments. And I found this really powerful because they, the data showed that if you are going to an acupuncturist or an herbalist for your fertility journey, that your outcomes are 86% better. 86% better. So um, I do a ton of IVF support as well and also help people conceive naturally. So that was, I did want to bring that up because I think that a lot of your listeners don't really know about fertility acupuncture and how it can really, really not just, you know, I mean, it just really, really increases your chances of conception. So that being said, 
Um, I think it's a, an interesting nod that you mentioned that. So I wanted to, to bring that up. Those um, are great odds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? Right. Like, I mean, why wouldn't you want to go to something that supports your whole health while you're working to conceive? I don't, I, I, I mean, it seems like a slam dunk to me. The more the merrier. I, you know, I can't can't go wrong with that. I, I listen. It, it has. You, you try everything, and you don't have to do one versus the other, one before the other. You know, listen. Parallel is good. Like I'm, I'm on left. I'm on right. Let's see what works. The, I add it up. It's just going to be a bigger mixture. So it's nice. Be a better mixture. Yeah. And then, um, in terms of how to find me, so we have a, um, I have an early interest list going, a VIP list for uh, the positive pregnancy program, which launches at the end of March. So I will send you that, um, via email. And then also you can always find us on Instagram at achieve fertility courses, because, um, I'm going to be doing a, a ton of course series around postpartum care and also IVF support and just getting your body ready to conceive uh, early, early on. So there's just going to be a whole entire series and that's on Instagram, Achieve Fertility Courses. All right. We're going to definitely gonna have those links. So, but, but the, the other part of the question was how long does uh, someone that joins the program, you know, take to potentially see the result. I mean, I'm sure that vary from one couple to the other, depends on circumstances, but like just as an expectation, you know, I mean, this is not something overnight and they have to have the patience and the determination yeah. and, and understand that this is going to be a longer journey than, than expected, but it will definitely get, you know, higher, I guess, odds and chances to get what they want. And I love the idea that's post, you know, all this, because I think that's the other part, because I'm sure that newly parents usually have fear and you know they're like oh my god how do we do this now that all the excitement now we got a baby but now how to deal with that later on <laughs> you know that could be a challenge so i think that that education of what the expectation should be i think that's that's an awesome piece uh so again what is that that average time frame like from start to potential inception if there yeah, is even I mean one yeah, to your point, it is really, really hard to like, I can do this in four months, you know, so um, it is a tough one, but it does definitely depend on the general health of the person going into the program and what their expectations are in terms of their partner, which is always, um, it is usually a roadblock. Um, and so how receptive they are is always really something that we kind of would come up against frequently. Um, but generally speaking, we see people um, conceive around in eight to 12 months, I think is a really, really general framework. Well, thank you. So, so now, now that almost like you got me a little spark in my brains here, <laughs> but like a matter effect, right? I mean, a lot of people are like, well, I, I don't know if I want to go check this or I want to do this. I mean, to your point, you have to have a buy-in from both parties to yeah. really be there because not everybody's like, well, I don't think it's me, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, everybody's trying to yeah. kind of, it's pointing the other way, like, you know, and so it's a matter of like, we want this as a family. We're going to try this together and we have to be committed to it. I think that's a big, important piece, you know, to our listeners. And, and listen, I mean, it's beautiful to have a family, but also it's more beautiful to actually have that synergy and work together towards it. Whatever the, the scenario is, I mean, if it couldn't happen for various reasons, there is an opportunity. You got to work towards it and make it work. And I think that's 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 an important piece. Yeah. Oh, yes. That was beautifully put. And I agree completely. Um, we do a lot of couple, there's a, there's a module about, it's called doing it literally. And it's, about <laughs> <laughs> it works. It's a really great module, but it does have a lot of couples counseling things, right? So, 
Um, one thing that we've noticed about trying to conceive is it's like, oh my God, is baby making time? I have to have sex nine times, right? So it's just like, we don't want you to ever, we want this to be fun. I, I, we, we don't want you to, um, we want you to go from meh to mind blowing is one of my articles on this. And so we create a lot of strategies around how to work on roadblocks to conception, um, mental roadblocks to conception that the couples might have and any outlying fears, right? That may be not discussed or not on the table. We do a lot of exercises around how to allay those fears or to get rid of them, right? And discuss them. So um, to your point, there are, there's two people in a, in a relationship, generally speaking, and we want those people to, we want this to be a fun, fertile journey. We don't want this to be lame. <laughs> well, that, 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 I, appreciate, I love that. Thank you. I mean, it, it makes sense. Well, so, so that, that leads to the next question is, are there any myths, myths that actually have you, that you've encountered, you know, in terms of the fertility journey? I mean, oh. So, <laughs> oh no oh yeah i'm God. sorry the, your face is funny. Uh, i was like poof <laughs> okay <laughs> i just again i just read an article on this too um so <laughs> one of my favorite ones that I, I was like no no you guys was uh that you can control the sex of your baby based on the um sexual position that you have sex now listen i i do go recall back my biology days i mean it's all chromosomes and you know it's an xy concept and you, you know the sex happens to be i i'm still i think maybe i'm wrong i don't know you can correct me the male actually is the one determines the the variation if i don't say the y right is that is that is that chromosome uh it's both both gen both gamma so both both genetic materials too. right so the xy but but i think the variation yep. is the why. So I think that's sure, yeah. because, because uh -huh. I think traditionally like, Oh, my wife doesn't have, she cannot have babies, but really you, 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 she's only getting, <laughs> she's only making girls, but no, dude, you're not giving, you know, any, you're not, you're not giving wise. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's been a very, I've heard that before that argument before, like, you know, and, and, and again, that's a cultural thing too. Like when you talk about culture, oh yeah, yeah, totally. oh, that's big. That's big in some cultures. Like it's so big. It's, I had no idea. We had actually somebody, I was, there was, they were so near and dear to my heart. I love them so much. And, and actually like, I'm called the squad doctor because uh, all of their friends have come to me. <laughs> so Works. one one of them came in and she was like, we, we, my husband and I have talked about it and we need to make a boy first. Can you do that? And I was like, at the time it was kind of embarrassing because that whole year, not embarrassing, but I was like, uh, yeah, we'll get right. But our stats were, were leaning at the office towards, we were just making girls. So I was like, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, and I kind of just like stumbled out of the room. Like I had no idea what to say. And they conceived in two months. They were like really on top of it. They did every, they were so compliant. They were great. And uh, a couple of weeks later, the the man came in for a, for a visit and he like folded his arms in front of me and he was like, did you was know it? you made a girl? Oh boy. <laughs> it's <laughs> like oh shit we made another girl um but yeah so uh well, first of all there's no we difference we can't do it all it's not a magic wand people but <laughs> well i think i think the reason i asked that because i know that's a big you know uh concept where people always question like well you know do we we want a girl versus a boy i mean yeah those are things that you know are determined by multiple factors which is not fine it's fine but you know then that's where we have the dialogue around ivf right and so that is another really really great 
um, perk of IVF. I think that a lot of fertility acupuncturists kind of um, poo-poo IVF. And I think that it's a really, really great option that we have the technology in our current culture that we can do that. It's so powerful. And I support people all the time that are, that are like, Hey, I really, really want a boy first. And it's like, okay, you want a boy first. You have to go to someone that has an, you know, so that you can check the sex of the baby with an embryologist and like, make sure that you transfer that one. So we can do it. You can do it. Um, well, it's, it's chromo. That's what I'm saying. It's chromo. It's amazing. If you can make the right combo, you're going to have X, Y, Z, but that's what sure. I do. Now, again, I, we mentioned IVF. So we, we yeah. are talking about in vitro, right? That's, that's what we're referring to. Okay, yeah good. yeah <laughs> just to make sure for the audience yeah as a definition all right um now um so i guess we did now in the, in terms of religion beliefs what are some of the the do you have did you encounter any difficulties and when it comes to a religion concept or even culture i haven't i live in you know i live in los angeles i'm um and, and even online in the online space we don't have i don't I don't come across a lot of uh, religious roadblocks, so to speak. Um, I, you know, I'm pretty, pretty lacking in that topic, actually. No, well, the reason I'm asking is I think I think if from a religious world, you probably there's probably more resistance on the IVF concept than natural. Oh, you know, so, wow, so I, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because yeah, huh. I, I think a lot of, you know, I guess more religious, you know, groups will probably not you know will probably not shy away from the in vitro concept or you know they want natural you know birth and, and conception and therefore that may not be uh you know probably be frowned upon uh, as opposed to like maybe so basically what i'm saying is that your formula is it's almost the ideal for people that don't believe in that and therefore they can have the fertility and stuff through a more natural concept and then of yeah. course there, there's always the belief that it's it's a it's a gift and so uh that also adds up to the factor but obviously in most of the context of, of religion you still have the idea that you have to take action and so the action is to seek the help you know to get some traction in terms of the food and the herbs and maybe the yeah. acupuncture concept so those are things that sometimes that's why i asked the question because i think for audiences some people will be like because again our show goes all over the world and, and literally touches different cultures so i just want to make sure i I, I gauge that for anybody else watching somewhere where they might have difficulty accepting one concept. The idea is that you have this and it's not taboo because it's really just you doing, you know, your natural aspect of it through guidance and potential use of, you know, certain herbs and, and, and acupuncture practice. So I think, uh, am I getting that right though? <laughs> no. Yeah, you are. I would say, I, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so lacking on the topic. I, um, I'm very, very um, one directional in terms of my belief system is such that I believe that every person that wants to have a baby and start a family deserves that chance. And I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm very willing to die on that sword. Like I, I don't, I, th I think that it is a, it's a, it's a reproductive right to have a baby and, and, and make choices around your personal reproductive health. So, um, again, I live in, you know, I live in California. We don't, I don't have that many, um, I haven't come across a lot of those roadblocks and, and had that experience, but, I believe however we have to get it done, we're going to do it. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't really have like religious or political views about it. Like I'm just there. I'm a doctor. So I'm just there for the person in front of me to support them. However, they want to, to make a choice. Well, again, for the online purpose, you know, I mean, that's going to, yeah. 
that probably going to change because now you it, it reaches different people and therefore the, totally. the approach is going to be different. Yeah. So yeah, I've never so again, come. Up, I was like, I thought it was a great question. I never. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to answer that one. I, listen, I, I think we clarified <laughs> it because to your point, it's very natural and in, in the, so again, just clarifying that your practice is going to help you know anyone that wants that has that drive and wants to have kids. And yes, if yeah. it's meant to happen, you know, there's a good chance it's going to happen. I mean, it's a higher, you know, odds and, and that's it. Now you mentioned early on something about, I guess, regulation or legislation and things like the, the, the rights. I think there was a, you know, a component there. Yeah, that you mentioned. I, I think what's happening with me as I shift into um, a place where, well, one of the things that I've learned about my, my, my brick and mortar, my office was that there's only one of me, sadly. So uh, meaning not in an ego- egoic way, but in a way that I can only see a certain amount of patients per day. And so one of the things that has really, really shifted in terms of how I, show up and serve people in the medical profession is that I realized that I need to be more impactful and I need to reach more women. Right. So Mm. that's the, um, the concept of the positive pregnancy project is all about that. But then I started thinking about it once I started developing the course and I, I thought, how can I, how can I even create more access, more, um, provide to more women around, um, education and empowerment and, and learning that. And I think that one of the, my next couple of steps is going to be to start, um, working in the lobbying sector and, um, trying to be more of an ambassador and a representative of reproductive health. Well, listen, that's great. And it's a great, you know, mission, I guess, to, to seek and, and to, to achieve. So good luck and, uh, you know, wish Thank you all the best. You. I mean, I think it's, it, it's, you know, perfect and and it's going to help people be happy. I mean, I know, I mean, uh, as much as, you know, families can be a little tough, but I think there's a blessing in there and uh, it's a good, good feeling when you have your kids. I remember my first son and I, all my kids actually, I was there. I cut the umbilical cord. I mean, it, just, oh, you know, it, it was one great. of those. It was one of those moments that can I can literally even even hear that moment of that cutting those things and just the moment when the kids like my first son. I mean, I cried. It was just a unique experience, and so I know how it is. I mean, and listen, they they're tough kids as you grow, so it's not it's not going to be a picnic, but it's a blessing. And there's 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 a lot of ways you to to admire and to enjoy that life, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody. If you can, and you have, you know, and there are, the, there is, there is the ability to actually help, uh, you know, achieve your, uh, I guess, family goals and and have your children. Please do, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, your work is definitely uh, needed, and I think a lot of people around the world now can benefit at least from. And I, I think right, everybody now in the world can actually reach out to you and uh, participate. Correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're going to be global. So you can open the modules at any time and do the learning. And then there's going to be office hours once a week. And then I also offer um, one-on-one private counseling. So that's a series of eight sessions as well that takes you through the Positive Pregnancy Project. If you're if you're on you're afraid of the group program and you would like more one-on-one sessions, we can do that too. So one one question though, uh, so you can do all the the nutrition piece and the advice yeah. and all stuff remotely. Now the acupuncture piece that needs to be physical. So if, I just heal you with my mind. All right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I like, I like, no, the acupuncture. <laughs> so what I can do is I what I do is I help you vet an acupuncturist in your neighborhood so that okay. you can get that acupuncture support if you feel like you need it. 
I, I love the idea with the mind, like, mm, you're healed. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Done. I just needled you. <laughs> That's it. It works. It works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, it's the, the power of the mind. You, you never know. I mean, it's powerful enough to make it happen. Right? I love uh, it. L- listen, I had a hypno, th- you know, hypno uh, therapy session right live on the show and that literally went off. I mean, I, obviously I was, I was hypnotized through the voice, <laughs> you know, and that was it. But, but you never know. I mean, acupuncture, like to your point, I mean, you can, I was wondering maybe if there was a way to, even administer yourself if you're taught how to do it because you know there's some oh, oh i don't no. know if that's yeah, this okay. is not something that you do <laughs> you know what? somebody just asked me that question and i was like um no, i don't no. know i've just been studying it for eight years like let, let me get back to you on that it's not like you know going to like, watch to this on youtube um <laughs> no but you know i'm so glad you brought that up because i think it's really really important for your listeners to know that acupuncturists Acupuncture is um, based on a meridian system. So it's very, very different than dry needling. So dry needling is an intervention that physical therapists and MDs are starting to do. And that is a local procedure, right? So we're not taking into account the meridians. And a meridian is very, very similar to um, a highway. I'm going to say this because I live in LA, that it's very similar to um, a freeway, right? Mm. So on a freeway, we have a smooth flow of traffic at um, 4 a.m. <laughs> Nobody's on the road. Um, but at each part of the highway, there are these exits, right? And so um, sometimes these exits get blocked and there's an obstruction. And so our chi or vital life force can't move through that pathway very smoothly. So if you go to an acupuncturist that incorporates using the meridian system, what they'll be able to do, and it's almost like tuning a piano, right? So they're going to be able to feel an acupuncture point along the meridian system and figure out if there's a blockage there so that we can harmonize your meridian system so that you are living optimally. So I think that it's really, when you talk about a a physical therapist or an MD or another provider that is incorporating, inserting needles into your body, um, just, I, I would really, really ask about what their fertility training is. If, if you're specifically going for fertility. No, well, thank you. I mean, and then again, I, I had to ask the question because I mean, you know, there are some practices that can be self-administered or you can actually be guided through, but I think acupuncture is probably one. Yeah, I don't think I would want to. <laughs> yeah. And then the other piece of this too, Hurricane, that we didn't talk about is the acupuncture and the herbs, right? So oh, we got time. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> when you think about when you think about acupuncture care and traditional Chinese medicine, you really, really want to start thinking about acupuncture is like the salt and then the herbs are like the pepper, right? So they are synergistically working together. So acupuncture is very, very powerful by itself, but the herbs are this really, really transformative energetics. And those reinforce the point selection in your treatments. And it's really, really important to not only go to somebody that knows how to amplify the energetics of the point selection in your acupuncture treatment, along with the herb selection that they're going to put you on. But then for the patient, it's really important for you to take your herbs (laughs) because a lot of people don't, right? And so one can exist without the other, but we want to start thinking about the yin and the yang of your medical treatment, right? So we want to think about those imperfect balance. Well, thank you. And and so that leads us to the following question, the herbs. Uh, are these yeah. uh, consumed in terms of like maybe teas or like in food or like, you know, some sort of a, you know, I guess preparation that is unique that, that has a certain recipe. How does that, you know, work? And I mean, let's say I, you, let's say I was 
one of the clients and I have to get started. How do I expect this? Cause I mean, when you think herbs, I mean, we, we think about just a lot of stuff, you know, and uh, you know, yeah. how do we take them? I mean, do yeah. we, and, and also how do you find them? Because some places may, yeah. yeah. I mean that, that could be, or the cost sometimes can be also a, a factor. So, yeah. So now you're just, um, now we're getting into my love language. Um, so- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. So I- <laughs> Um, so you want to make sure that, um, so there's a couple of ways to take herbs, right? So there's granules, which is, um, a a pressed powder. You can have pills, you can do, um, raw herbs, which are very, very powerful. And you can brew your own tea at home. And that to your point gets very cost prohibitive over time. Um, and then there's also tinctures and extracts. So, um, it just depends like what the delivery system is that you're comfortable with and what your herbalist has in their um, pharmacy. But um, there's a couple of things that you can do. So um, generally speaking, um, you can do what's called a patent, um, which is based on a very, very um, uh, historical um, formula that we know is proven over time in our medicine, which is centuries old. Um, and then you can always order those online. And that's a very, very easy way to get to get those. Or you can go to an herbalist, which can customize, she, they can customize the herbs for where you are in your cycle or what your constitution is at that time. So that's very, very powerful. If you have somebody looking over your shoulder like that. Is there any way that someone can grow their own herbs? I mean, I'm just curious. That you never ask. I do grow my own herbs. So I <laughs> okay, good. So I'm not crazy. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> no, so I um I have a garden, so I grow my herbs so that I can really, really learn about what the plant is doing and the energetics of the plant. Um, I think by the time you grew the massive amounts that you would need to create a tincture and distill those yourself, it would get a little um, cost prohibitive again, and also take a lot of your time up. So it's best to kind of stick with what. Um, is available online or with somebody, some people can do um, online health um, herbal consults. So that can be a really, really powerful way to um, get the herbs that you need as well. And I'm assuming through the program, you will guide people depending on where they are as to what the herbs that they can use, what frequency and, you know, mixtures yeah. and all that. So uh, I love it. Okay. Well, I think, I think we've covered it all. <laughs> I think yeah. we did. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have the links to, to your site and uh, where people can actually, you know, uh, go and, and, and inquire about information and also you know, sign up uh, and maybe get the ebook and all that good stuff. Uh, so yeah, definitely that's going to happen. So we're about the end of the show. So doctor, what is maybe some key advice to just, you know, share with our audiences before we uh, close the show today? Yeah. So I think I mentioned this before, but make sure that you get the get pregnant guide and start tracking your cycle right away, depending, regardless of whether or not you're trying to conceive or not, we really, really want you to have a report card of what your hormonal health is and a picture of what it looks like and so that you can be educated and empowered about what your hormones are doing throughout the month. All right. That's it. <laughs> All right. Doc. Just that real quick. Just real quick. Yes. That was, that, that was, that was, a, hey, listen, sweet, you know, short and sweet and it, it delivers. That's all that matters. Right. Perfect. I think we, we have, we have a great show, a lot of content, a lot of, uh, you know, information. I think that that needs to be absorbed. Definitely a resource folks. I mean that, you know, if you're, you or you know someone that probably has, you know, a concern about fertility or, or not conceiving and they may be desperate or they may be at a roadblock, uh, 
there is the light at the end of the tunnel and we have our <laughs> our doctor with us here and definitely uh reach out to her listen uh, and now i'm assuming you do consultations right you know for yeah. people to, to evaluate whether they are uh, you know, i guess whatever they can tr- get into the program or not so again folks please do reach out and hey you're not going to lose anything by asking and uh if you're really looking into this you probably are looking so therefore <laughs> we just brought the, the resource to you and again as you hear as you heard it there's not a lot of Dr. Owen, you know, out there. So, <laughs> so I'm just saying it, you know, uh, you know, I mean, there is plenty of options and you can mix and match, but at the end of the day, the more resources you have, and I think that's our mission here is to bring those resources to you. And hopefully you can have the life and, and just be thankful and blessed and just enjoy your life. So that's, that's all that matters. Um, all right. I think, uh, we are closing our show today. So thank you for being with us, for watching, for listening. And we'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic, new guest. Bye for now.